All right, hello everyone, and welcome back to another edition of The Less Stressed Life, where we teach exhausted and burnt out adults the truth about adrenal fatigue so that we can get them their health back quickly. And this is always a pleasure to be joined by a, a client of ours that we've had some really successful outcomes. And this has been the same with Gus Ponstingle, who's had some major health challenges along the way. However, we've been able to uh, customize a recovery strategy around his unique health challenges and really get some major wins. And we want to share with you Gus's journey today. So Gus, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joel. Yeah, so I was just looking through our initial uh, initial onset of care, and that goes back as early as November 2018. Now, that doesn't mean we necessarily um, saw you every single month over that course of time. But ultimately, when when you presented and reached out to us, um, you had a number of health challenges that you were dealing with. When I look at some of the forms that you filled out, insomnia was a huge one, which you actually had forgotten about, as we talked about a little earlier, brain fog, um, bloating, gastric pains. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background in your story, and you said you'd been dealing with this for about 10 years. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you were dealing with prior to starting with us, Gus? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it started um, really once I got married about 14 years ago, and I had some food poisoning in that rough early marriage period. And then I ended up going overseas on a couple of trips, and my gut really started to suffer. I felt bloating and I also just noticed that um, I was putting on weight without the ability to take it off. And I didn't notice I was really doing anything specifically different um, to, to do that. And then I also noticed the fatigue started setting in. So it was like I was just gradually getting worse. You know, it wasn't like an, an immediate, uh, although the, the food poisoning, I felt that was a step down, you know, and I felt constipation at that point. And um, it never really went away, you know, and I was doing all kinds of things to try to get my bowels or my bowel movements going. And I just, it was really a struggle over the years. And I, I'm a, a natural person. So I really, somewhere along the line, I got out of the, the medical world and I started doing natural and, um, I'm really reluctant to go to that world. So I was doing a lot of natural things and, but you know, you'd have some success, but you weren't really like nailing it. And so, um, yeah, yeah, gradually it just, I, I almost lost the ability to sleep at all. I mean, I think I'd, I'd get about three to four hours of night early in the evening and about three o'clock I'd wake up and I'd be awake for a lot. You know, I'd be awake uh, most of the morning with very light sleeping and then up again. And I ended up doing some things in the middle of the night as hobbies that really were productive, but you know, it was like, I'd rather be sleeping, you know? And so that, that was something that, you know, we were just talking about has changed dramatically as right. been a big change. In fact, this morning, again, I was, it was seven o'clock, the alarm was going off and I was like, you know, I have to get out of bed now. And that was never the case. So seven o'clock is a pretty normal time for most people to get out of bed, but I'd, I'd be easily up at three or four in the morning and just almost cursing the clock, the clock, you know, like I'm not going to get back to sleep. What am I going to do? And I'd be wide awake. You know, you just, you just that feeling of like, yeah, I'm not at all sleeping, you know? So gradually though, what, what led me to work with you is I'd worked with several practitioners. Um, I don't know when it really started in, in earnest. I, I know I needed help, um, but 
I would get little pieces of it, you know, it seemed like, but it really didn't seem like it was all coming together. Um, and I, I think I was even feeling like maybe I was having some heart issues, although I'm not sure that was really the case. I feel like there was something with my metabolism that really had um, gotten stuck and I couldn't switch over. I, I guess most of your audience is going to know what ketosis is. Um, if they're, if they're in your sphere, then they probably know that as your body is, is switching over to ketosis from, uh, more of the sugar side of the burning, I couldn't get there. And I would just crash, crash, crash. And I was baffled by that. And so I think I, I was looking for, I didn't know if it was adrenal fatigue. I know you deal a lot with adrenal fatigue and like a lot of people, you hear things and you're like, yeah, my adrenals don't seem to be working. Maybe that's it. So, um, I reached out to you and then we started working together in 2018. Um, I noticed improvement pretty much, but I can't say I'm the best patient. I mean, we didn't meet all the time, right? We met pretty infrequently every three, six months. Um, and I would sort of wing it for a while and I would say gradually I've been getting better, you know, um, with a little bit of the stress setback this last fall or early spring. But then we kind of started fine tuning my supplements and I really feel like, again, it's like, I don't know if I'm churning out, getting better, like getting stuff out of my system, but yeah, I do gradually feel like things are getting better. Um, again, I doing crazy things at night. I used to not do anything in the evening. I was, I was a blob on the couch, you know, I'd be four o'clock, five o'clock. I was out of energy, you know, and I was going to sit on the couch and, you know, play videos and I have five kids. So you know, watching my kids grow up and not being able to go out and do things with them or, you know, my daughter's always wanting to go ride her bike, you know, or teach the kids basketball or whatever, you know, I wasn't able to do any of that stuff because I just, it's hard to, it's hard to describe. Like you don't have the ability to do it. You're just literally a blob. And I, I kind of look at it as like aging, you know, you're like, I'm, I'm getting old and I'm not that old, you know, but I'm like those old people who can't get off the chair, you know, and they just sit there all day staring at a tv and i don't want to be that person you know i want to live to 100 and i want to have energy up until the end or it's not worth it right so um yeah uh last night i was up again till i know i was active until about nine without really a big drop in energy which is for most people it's not a big deal but when you lose it and you realize there's something going on causing it then you need to figure it out How's yeah, that? <laughs> no, listen, that's a good, that's a good stroll. I mean, I, it's it, ultimately, I'm looking at some of the notes and I know like it, first and foremost, if you're not sleeping, everything revolves around getting good quality sleep to recharge your battery. It's like a battery that is a rechargeable battery that you didn't charge fully the first time around. So every time you put it in use, it, it never completely fully holds its charge. Um, but when I look at your initial notes, uh, you know, one of the things you mentioned was that you were trying the keto and that it had impacted you really badly. And I asked you about, were you tracking, were you looking at your numbers? And I think that's a big lesson for a lot of people because they hear about, hey, maybe keto will make me feel better. I do have a massive sugar craving. My blood sugar feels like it goes up and down. And then I feel like shaky, lightheaded and jittery. And if I don't have um, food immediately available, then I'm going to crash. 
And, and one of the very first things that we talked about, Gus, was, hey, are you, are you actually taking your glucose levels or your ketone levels? And I was surprised that you hadn't because I think it, I don't know so much malpractice, but if a provider suggests that you try a particular diet and you don't look at the dashboard, if you will, like if you're a pilot and you're flying a plane... Yeah and you're not looking at your coordinates, how do you know how good of a job you're doing? So that was one of the first things. Do you remember that at all or what kind of ahas you had from that? Well, I never went into ketosis. I never once got it, you know what I mean? I'd be, uh... so your body does a lot of weird things when it gets stuck without sugar. And you'll notice as you're, as you're winding down, it's, try... it's like you're trying to start the car and all it does is grind and you're not gonna move. So if, a you know, eight to 12 hours after stopping eating goes by and you have no keto ketones, you know, you're, you're below low, low, you're just not going to, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel horrible. And then you're going to crave sugar because at least I did, you know, I was craving sugar to try to get the engine started again because the ketones weren't happening. So, and it wasn't the lack of trying. I mean, it was months and months and months and months of trying to do that where it just didn't seem to be working. Yeah. And, and that's where it requires, okay, well, it's good that we're testing and we're seeing I'm not getting there, but then it becomes, why am I not getting there? And that's where the functional approaches or the customization comes into play. And one of the first things we did was do a nutrigenomic or DNA test uh, to get some insights as what are some of your potentials that could be creating inflammation? Because I look at it as, okay, if you're having sugar cravings, you're not putting the logs on the fire, so to speak. Like you may be eating a lot of healthy fats. And for some reason, your body is just not transitioning that to cutting the logs and putting them on the fire. And then that would require you to put something like some kindling on the fire, hence the, the need for some kind of sweet something to give you some energy right away. Do you remember at all, Gus, what some of the initial suggestions were on or the take homes that you had when we looked at the genetic component? I mean, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but is there anything that stuck out in terms of, hey, this is what's going on potentially in your body that you had no clue about? No, I don't remember specifics. That was actually what, about two years ago at, or year right. and a half. Right. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was a, also, okay, so, if go ahead. Yeah. So you came up with some suggestions based on supplements. Right. And again, I'd have a hard time remembering exactly which ones they were, but I noticed when I took them, it, it was, it was, it just, it was a feeling of like, oh, yeah, that fits. You know, it just, it, it didn't feel overwhelming, but it didn't feel like it, it felt like it filled a void in my, right my life or my day or whatever. Yeah. So, and usually those will be like based on that. So some people will email me and, or, or put a comment to a video and say, Hey, what supplements do you recommend? And, and I'm always adamant about, I don't know, because I don't know you. And I, I want to make sure that we're making a customized recovery suggestion. And if you're not kicking on your ketones on the fire, then perhaps we're using things like carnitine or things that will help break down your healthy fats a little bit better. But specifically, Gus, one of the findings that we had on your blood work that was in the middle zone, meaning it wasn't high from a lab range, but it was high from a healthy range, was your iron status yeah. and how your iron is oxidizing. So give us a little aha or what you've learned about that. Right. Well, so I think the, the response to that was we started, I started just giving blood you know, and I gave blood regularly. Um, there are, 
there are some supplements I learned. I don't think it was even from you, but I just learned there were some that, that could help lower that. And I don't know if I, I took some for a little while. Uh, I think curcumin was one of those, but within a very short period of time, it dropped pretty significantly. And, um, uh, you know, at the same time, as I would give blood, I did, I did feel again, a sense of relief. Like it, it, it's, it's almost like a weight that you were carrying is not, you're not carrying it anymore. So right. I think as you're, as you're, as I was going through my recovery process, the, the ongoing, um, changes that we were making seemed to constantly help get me a little closer to where I needed to be. Right. Right. And, and so one of the things, again, looking at your notes, like one of the things that you were telling me is, okay, like I'm feeling better. Like generally my energy is getting better, but my brain fog is still foggy and that's very frustrating for you. So, um, so then we go a little bit deeper into either new testing or we go into reviewing the nutrigenomics again, or very important, which I see a lot of practitioners not do. If you're going to do a test the first time and implement a strategy, it's really important to do a test a second time to see how that strategy is working, to see if you're moving the needle in the right way objectively because you want to relate that to subjectively, hey, great, you're feeling 75% better with your energy, but your brain fog's still not working right. And, and that's what we want to dive into. And one of the things we've noticed, Gus, was some toxic chemicals and exposures. So tell us, because we were talking before we got on here today, how you had these ahas with you know, the chemicals and the environment and how that impacted you as well to get you to that next level. Yeah, well, we talked about mold, which was one of the things that showed up and whether that was uh, so. So I don't know if this this plays into it, but so things like stevia. I don't know if uh, we talked about that one. I, I, I this might be even new. So um, one of the things I was taking was as a supplement uh, or not as a supplement, but in, in it rather than sugar was stevia, you know, and I was adding it to just about everything. And I never heard stevia could cause any side effects. And I was actually getting very, very sore kidneys as a result of that. Uh, I, I stopped taking it and it was like one of, one of those symptoms that had been cropping up strangely out of the blue over the last year just kind of went down. We'll probably need to talk about that one more at depth. But so that was in somewhat related to the, um, the oxalates. So oxalates are those, um, those things that you can eat. They're kind of little shards, I guess, that kind of rub or irritate your, your, your body, your muscles and things. And so I was... I was working on that because I felt that as well. And uh, I didn't really feel the withdrawal of the oxalates as much as the stevia. Man, that was just killing me. So, um, and then in response to that, I think we were looking at maybe having mold issues um, coming out of that as well. So there's possibility that that's going down. Um, but I've been doing, I think my gut issues, they're still complicated. And I know I had like four or three or four things or three or four different levels of issues there. H. pylori was one, mold, um, uh, the other one I'm forgetting, uh, anyway, it's a uh, protozoa or whatever. Um, yeah, like a parasite. Yeah, and then parasite. So, you know, like, as you're working through that, that's frustrating. It's a, that's a, one of the toughest things, I think, to have to deal with is, is cleaning up the gut or getting the gut to work right. And then, yeah, the brain fog stuff as well. So it's been it's been progress. I feel like things have progressed, um, in that area, but it, it's definitely a feeling slower and it's not as quick. It's somewhat frustrating in some ways too. You know, you wish you could just 
take a pill and be finished with it. But, you know, especially since I think it started about 14 years ago. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you listen, a lot of people listening to this will understand and say, yeah, I've had that too, where, and I, people that prior to working together, they'll tell me they're seeing someone and they're a GI guy, or they're seeing someone and they're a mold person, or they're seeing someone, they're adrenal person. But what they're missing is the fact that the specialists, even in the functional world, just like the traditional world, they tend not to talk to each other and the body is a generalist. And that's what I think is really important in terms of, it's not so much, which one do I do first? It's more so how do I lower the expenses in the body first? Meaning like if you have inflammation and oxidative stress that are, that's going on fundamentally and it's robbing you of your core minerals and nutrients, then you don't want to embark on a parasite protocol or a heavy metal protocol or whatever protocol until you lower the inflammation per se. That's why it was so key to get you to understand that component of the iron oxidation. One of the other things that we saw too, that you had, it, which is a genetic susceptibility, meaning we have to chaperone iron in the body effectively. And somewhere along the assembly line, it may not be getting from point A to point B to point C to point E effectively. And we wanna help you get to the widget making process very helpful before we embark on something else. But something else we talked to you about, and I don't mean to put you on the spot here was, we talked about histamine and how environmentally pets, danders, pollen, stress, your immune system, um, alcohol, certain foods. Was there any ahas that you had with understanding how histamine was creating that imbalance in your body or creating that inflammation in the body yeah. that you had to yeah, change around? Yeah, I, I, I tell you, there's been a lot of food changes and variations that have helped. Um, that, that, that seems to have been something that I started to incorporate a couple of years ago as well when we first started kind of keeping foods that I'm allergic to. And I think a lot of the practitioners I've worked with, even prior to you, had some, some insight to the allergy testing and stuff like that. So I don't remember, what did we do specifically related to the histamines that, that I can't remember. I'll, I'll tell you if that seemed to be effective or not, but yeah, it was, was it probably the, uh, the, the DAO supplement for um, when you eat foods could be okay. one of the main ones that that help with clearing out histamine and also just um, being aware. Of, I mean, iron oxidation and um, all the 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 oxalate challenges, all of them lead to the histamine highway road as well. So it really depends on what your unique on ramps are. So on ramps could be stress. Um, could be certain foods that are higher in histamine. So fermentable foods can be alcohol. Um, mold will produce a lot of histamine as well. So it's kind of a combination of everything. If we're talking specifically about a supplement, it probably would have been the DAO supplement. So I don't know if there's any of those that kind of resonated with you or it was just the combination of everything, Gus. Yeah, I would say more of the combination, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, and then of course, um, looking at some of the other things, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, we looked at your organic acid test and there were a lot of really high oxalates. So, and you mentioned what those are. They're basically plant-based compounds. Usually they're in spinach or Swiss char or beets where there's these little crystals that can form in your tissues and that can create 
um, fatigue, mitochondrial issues where it robs you and chelates your minerals. It can create a lot of pain, a lot of brain fog. I don't remember. Was that one of the things that you had a major challenge with, with musculoskeletal, like fibromyalgia type pains? I think I was. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know if we talked about the kidneys being affected. I think that was part of, uh, some of right. going, you know, especially the right side of my body. You know, the arm, the leg, the toes, kind of everything connected to this axis would get sore. And that started, I'm going to say four years ago, five years ago, where that just kind of grew worse over time. And again, going to different practitioners and a lot of, a lot of guys out there really don't seem like, so if you go to your, your internet guys, like I would call you an internet guy, you're like a superstar on the internet <laughs> and and you can just tell there's like the higher game level. You know, you're 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 dealing with a lot of a lot of issues in that world where, you know, people are are very in tune to what's going on. But the local guys, you know, like the local chiropractors and whatnot that I went to, really don't get it. And I think for anybody that's out there that's watching this, you got to be careful with, you know, how much you give a local guy that doesn't have, I don't know, a, a a broader perspective about what's going on in, in the world of, of alternative health stuff, because I, I just don't feel, I feel like they kind of lose, they lose the edge. They're not really keeping in touch with what's going on, cutting edge stuff or, or the general philosophy about how, how all this stuff is connected. You know, I think they'll get there, but it's just, there's a learning curve and everybody's kind of learning. And so it takes a while for it to diffuse through the, the broader population. So a lot of the issues I was, I was trying to deal with, with local guys, I, I really felt like you just got nowhere, you know, here, take this supplement and, you know, you just know immediately if it would work or not, you know, and like nothing would happen. You're like, yeah, that guy just was guessing, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it speaks to you too, though. And I, and I think that's important. I mean, what we're talking about is complicated stuff. Like I, I always am amazed that, the people that I see that seek out, not the local provider, but say the internet person, they're on their game. I remember a mentor of mine told me like, if you're going to play at this level, you got to know your stuff because your clients <laughs> are going to know their stuff better than you're going to know their stuff. And I didn't want to be that doctor that so many people that I see tell me, yeah, I knew more about, you know, my body than the doctor did. And I, that happens a lot. So you know, kudos to you for knowing like, and the other day, like literally you did make me get goosebumps when you told me like, it's, it's so rewarding to be able to, you know, go on the bike ride with my daughter. And it's so rewarding to be able to do these things. So kudos to you for having the perseverance and yeah. the skill set to, to apply and implement what we recommended. So a lot of the questions we get to though, is sometimes it can be cumbersome or daunting because you have to have a special diet. You're on a thousand and one different supplements. You're, you know, tell me about that aspect. How did you manage to be a father of five? Like I always joke around. I know why we're on the call, why you're burnt out and tired. You, you don't have to tell me anymore. You got five kids, right? So, but how did you manage to be a, a working dad, a, a spouse, um, a, you know, someone that has health challenges and has all sure. these different things. Yeah. How did you manage that? Well, and just so your audience knows, I'm, I turned 52 this last March, so I'm no spring chicken either. And I started late in life. So a lot of what I wanted in life, I kind of had put off. And so I didn't get married until I was like 36. And so 
having five kids in a re really short period of time, you know, I think it was, um, under, it was under 10 years. So about seven to eight years. And, and, I, you know, one of my goals is just to be there for, you know what I mean? And to, to raise them so that they're healthy, productive individuals in the world. And, um, so I, I've had a strong background. Um, my background is actually, I was pre-med as an undergrad. So, um, I was in the medical school system in St. Louis and then I didn't go, I ended up not going to medical school and, and, but I always had a passion for nutritional type stuff. And that really, um, grew once the internet came along. So I was pre-internet, you know, a lot of my early education was prior to the internet, but as I started learning about alternative health, I really got excited about health again, you know, whereas medicine, I could tell, and this is, I think we haven't really even talked about the medical pro providers out there, which, you know, honestly, I still don't think they deal with about 5% of the problem in the world. You know, they just, they just throw drugs at symptoms and forget whatever else is going on. So if anybody's out there trying to figure out if they should get into alternative health, I'd say, you know, definitely the more you can abandon your medical doctor, this is me saying it, not Joel, but the more you can abandon your medical doctor, the better, because it, it sort of forces you to solve problems and really solve them. Because if, if you don't get better with alternative health, you're going to not feel different because you're not going to treat that symptom. And so that was one thing that I, and I still really believe that, you know, like I really have to stay on, it's kind of like an exercise program. You just have to do it regularly. If you want to stay healthy, you gotta, you gotta keep looking for what's going on in your world and your health. So that's one of my underlying philosophies. Um, and, and that's why I'm a little bit, I'm probably not the easiest patient to have because I'm a bit of a biohacker, you know I mean? I'll just kind of, give me this and then I'll try that, you know, like I'll just kind of veer off the path really quick. Cause I hear some, I heard something was good, but I really feel like you gotta, you gotta listen to people who know what they're doing that, that have insights that have bigger, bigger exposures. And it's complicated. It's just such a complicated world um, to understand all the things that can affect your health and without without seeing that bigger picture and then going in on the small things, you're just not going to make progress. And so um yeah, and I still feel like, and I think budget is a big part of it. I, I really wish more of the tests were, you know, like it, it would be so nice if you didn't have to fork over a couple thousand dollars to get, you know, like everything you need and, and be able to do that more often. So I'm, I'm hoping that changes more in the future as well, because I feel like that's one thing that holds people back. I remember one of my first, For sure. yeah, one of the first guys that was, long, it was, it was long before I talked to you but I'd reached out to somebody else. And I, I think I was looking at about $6,000 worth of tests and I didn't have the money. You know, I'm, I'm a young, a, well, I'm not so young, but I'm a dad that has a bunch of young kids. I don't have a ton of savings. I can't afford that much money, you know? And it wasn't like I could do this one or this one. I had to do them all. And so I ended up going with somebody else because they were willing to do more piecemeal testing and and again, I don't know if that was a good idea or not, but it just, it was all I could do, you know? So that's one of the frustrations I think is that you're, the world of, the world of testing still hasn't gotten to the point where it's, it's super affordable yet. Although I think it's getting more affordable. I think they're getting better tests for the same price, but it would be nice to see that, you know, innovate yeah. fast. A couple great things you said there, and I just want to repeat them. The first one is, you, no one's going to care as much about you getting healthy as you, right? So yeah. you're going to have to be your best advocate. And a lot of the clients that are 
potentially exhausted and, and strapped because they can't work at full capacity or they've already spent a lot of money or they have five kids or all of the above, they go to their primary doctor and they want their doctor to give them more than 10, 15 minutes. So they've had to yeah. you know, do the searching on their own. So it becomes a bit of a catch 22, but the, you do have to be your biggest advocate. I do agree with you. I've, I And I think it is getting better in terms of the traditional approaches or the allopathic medicine or how much money you spend uh, on healthcare for your insurance on a, on a monthly basis should cover more of the fundamental testing. So I do see that happen. I do see that improving. Um, I always like to know though, like, because I want the clients that we work with to think of it as an investment, right? I mean, you really do have to think of it as yeah. an investment in terms of, well, first and foremost, how much is it costing you to be sick? I think a lot of people don't, oops, sorry. I took that my mic. I think a lot of people don't realize that, oops, sorry, I don't know which one I'm on. I need to plug in my computer because it's gonna die on me here, but I wanna make sure I know which one I'm plugging in here. All right, so I, I think that, a person has to figure out how much is this truly impacting me financially. Like if I, if I can't work a full day, if I can't advance, if I have to miss days, uh, if I have to turn down projects, there's a cost there. If I have to, you know, they take 300 or $400 out of my paycheck to pay for my insurance. There's a cost there. There's a cost in terms of the testing that your co-payments or your supplements, um, so I really always want someone to have those smelling salts under their nose in terms of, well, how much, even though you're going to see your primary and most of that is covered, what, what's the impact on you financially, right? So what, what made you made that decision? Like, would you say like that there has been a return in terms of if you have a higher quality of health that you can do more projects as an architect or you could right. do, yeah, tell me about that aspect. Well, this year was different in that um, I think we hit, we hit some financial goals that were that were really helpful to hit. You know, I had a I had a new business that in the last eight years or ten years I've started two new businesses, and so um, whenever whenever you start a new business, you pretty much go back to barely making it. You know, and it wasn't it wasn't a big choice the second to start the second business. It sort of had to happen, and so that reset kind of hit maturity about last year. And so I'm at that stage where I decided to invest in feeling better. Cause you know, like you said, if I'm not healthy, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to be doing the work or I'm not going to be doing a good job anyway. And again, if I can work another 15, 20 years, which that's, that's my goal is probably a, probably work into my eighties. I would, I've got the kind of business where I can continue to do that, but if I'm not healthy enough to do it, then that's a big loss. And so it's better to spend the time and energy now and figure out what's wrong and get on it on a better track. Absolutely. Um, than to suffer through, or if you go the medical route, odds are you're going to live a very short life and be very sick. <laughs> I've seen my friends die. I've seen friends die going to doctors, getting pills, 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 you know, and, uh, they're not, they're not with me anymore, you know? So it's sad to see that, you know, and I warned them. I, I tried to warn them. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, I used to do in-office workshops and I remember a mentor of mine had a really great soundbite that I would always use and like, okay, well, 
you get insurance and insurance is covered. And if it's not covered, I can't see you. And that's like saying, well, imagine you had like a diner pass to a, a restaurant that it was paid for, but every time you went, it made you stick. Like just because it's covered doesn't mean that you should go and do it. Don't eat there. But, yeah. Yeah. But to their, <laughs> yeah. But to their Don't defense, though, I do feel that people do want to make that investment and have made that investment, but then they were left with no results right? Because they, you know, so how, I don't know, just from your side of the, you, you alluded to it earlier, how do they avoid that? Like, okay, I'm willing to spend, but I've done four doctors and no one's- But I've been telling, what I've been telling people I know, especially those that are already um, investing in testing and other things, um, I've been telling them to just bring your, bring your tests and call you, you know, like <laughs> it started with somebody that can piece the pieces together, you know, like, and maybe, maybe they're missing a test or two, but they can start. And, and I think that's what I did with you is I just kind of brought a lot of the tests I had. I, I, you've got a ton of them there and you can kind of look back over time going, well, this issue was already, you know, already, already a problem already 10 years ago, right. as opposed to, you know, so Right. I think that's helpful. Um, and I right. think it's a good way for people to get started with a little better care, you know, but again, that's no knock on the, on the alternative world out there. It's just, it's just really, I don't think there's any cohesive sort of like, okay, we're all on, you know, the same team. Everybody's kind of working towards maybe understanding these things. And, and that's why I like the internet doctors, you know, the YouTube doctors are like, they're, you're in this world where the, the ideas are flying fast. I mean, it's amazing how a new idea will spread through this culture. And we, we seem to go, okay, that works. That doesn't work. Or let's change this. Let's add this. And I really am. I've seen a lot of changes over the last 10 years, a lot of changes. Yeah. Those are great points in terms of a lot of the clients that I can give them the best insight on is it's there in in plain eyesight from their old test that they didn't get told about. And that's a, that's a shame because like for, for you again, and it's not always about high iron, but if your iron isn't moving, and for example, if your iron's 255, your ferritin's 255 and on the lab range, it shows 30 to 390, you're being told it's normal. But if you, you know, we don't like to see with new research, it be above 75, a lot of doctors don't have that on their radar and I can look at a test in 216 that you showed me and it shows 270 yeah. and that's high and that's something you can do right away. So th those are the things that I would urge other, other people looking for support is have someone really go through your past blood work from a healthy range because you'll probably see some outliers. I'll give you an example. One time I had a client who she was really sick and I asked her, she had, um, hepatitis antibodies and I asked them I asked them about them you know what did the doctor say because I combed through all their blood work and they're like oh like what did they say about this and like they didn't say anything about it and then I asked them well go ask them what they say about that and they said oh it's past it's a past exposure and because it's a, a it's a um what they think of as IgG which IgG antibody is typically assumed to be a past exposure but new research shows that if they're extremely high, like three times the range, those past exposures can reactivate. So anyways, bottom line is, is that one of the ways that a person could hack their way into seeing some outliers that can make huge differences so that 
the skepticism of investing in a new doctor, and it doesn't have to be me, but a new doctor that can give them some insights right away is have them go through your past blood work and see if there's anything there that can move the needle based on what they thought of. And sure. iron, I assume iron until proven otherwise, for sure. So that's a really important point that you, that you mentioned, I think for sure. Um, and also being an advocate. So now let's tell us maybe like fast forward to where we are now. Um, you did mention you have more energy, but what are some of the other other things that you're noticing that maybe you know may have taken you took for granted? You say like, "Well, I, I forgot that I wasn't sleeping." It's funny how that works. You know? <laughs> well, this morning yeah. it was, it was a great example of this morning. Uh, Seven o'clock rolled around, and I do have an alarm set, but I can't tell you how many times I'm up working when that alarm goes off, and I just have to turn it off because I'm already been awake for an hour or two. Uh, but in, even in the last week or so, um, it's improving such that I'm starting to bump into that alarm in bed. I'm in that I'm in bed either sleeping or I'm just not awake yet, and it goes off, and I'm like, "That's different," you know. Like I'm actually I'm I'm just grateful to be still sleeping in bed at that time. Um, and I and I've I've noticed that shifts too with just having a longer day, so uh, I'm not exhausted. And anymore, it used to be four, but I mean, originally it used to be four. And then I'd say over the last three, four months, it's shifted gradually to seven or eight. And now it's getting closer to nine. So it's like my day is getting longer. And that just opens up all kinds of things because, you know, when you get home from work or you're done with work, there's still a lot of time left to, to invest in the kids, you know, or the family and, you know, they can get robbed of all that. So um, I've been, uh, just in the last few weeks taking some of my sons, taking basketball, I've been going up with him, uh, and, and I'm not ready to coach or anything, but I want to <laughs> just right. hang out with the guys while they're playing basketball, or I took my daughter on a couple of bike rides here in the last few weeks or last week or so. And, uh, and she would go on one every day. I think if I took her, um, jogging more. So the physical activity is certainly there. And I, I feel like I'm starting to, again, I was plateaued or stuck at a certain weight range. And um, I feel like that's kind of going down a little bit as well. It's a little easier to get some of that weight off. So, and I'm not, I'm not overweight, but I just want to drop about five to you know, 10, maybe 10 pounds, but mostly five. But yeah, just because you're kind of stuck in that metabolic, you know, like almost a metabolic frozen state where your body will not, you know, burn its own fat right. Yeah, those are good results. You know, the other thing too, I just have to, I just got reminded of like, we had a little, I won't say a crisis call, but there was not too long ago where, you know, with elections and internet and you were just being run ragged with your thought process. And I think lifestyle wise, I, I, I encouraging you, okay, we need to contain how much variables we're processing. So any, any ahas you had with that, know thyself. That yeah, you, yeah, big ones, big ones. So stress has a huge impact on your ability to, um, I don't know if it's to, if your metabolic activity or your body's ability to sort of switch into another state. So, um, and I'm no expert in the parasympathetic nervous system or the sympathetic nervous system, but um, I was having, I thought heart issues for about a month or two. And it, I, I went to a guy here in town, he does a little heart check and he's like, it's fine. And I'm like, it just doesn't feel right. And I wasn't sleeping very well at all. And so uh, my pulse was really high, kind of intermittently high. And with COVID around, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff you could blame on COVID, but I'm not sure it was COVID. 
And one one of the guy one of the guys is another internet guy that just talked about how to how to relax and lower your pulse. And it was a breathing exercise. So I I decided to give up all news like a hundred percent. And it must have been a month or two. I did no news. And then I started doing these actually one night I started doing a breathing exercise. I fell asleep during the exercise and I didn't wake up until say, let's say six in the morning. And I hadn't slept in a few weeks and it was just amazing. And, and I repeated that night after night. And that's still a good habit for me is when I feel, when I feel like my chest is tight or, or I'm like, you know, I'm not thinking well, I just start breathing, you know, purposefully, you know, I think they do it the four square where you breathe in for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, breathe out for four, hold it for four. And it really does help calm me down. So yeah, you could probably talk more about the parasympathetics. And oh, that. listen, that's awesome. That like, you know, like I think probably more so than anything was shutting off the news because it's just, <laughs> it's over. It, it's, it's sensational and it's designed to in you know get people viewers to watch it and yeah. buy i mean there's a whole slippery slope there in terms of who owns the news station and the biased information that but it's polarizing especially in today's day and age and if you're a and there's no shock absorber out there so like you know the news happens so fast so it's like you're literally in the middle of a battle and and the bullets are flying everywhere and so if you, if you just right. if you get away from it you know, maybe that maybe the war is going on. You'll hear about something, but you don't have to be involved in the, every skirmish, which is yeah, it's a good point. But I think also to the the proactive and the synergistic, it's not just one thing. It's everything. It's your ability to identify foods that contribute to your oxalate levels and to be able to lower your ferritin and your iron and to be able to make sure that you're supporting histamine levels and to turn off the news and to breathe better and to get involved with your daughter's activities. I mean, it's not one of them, Gus, it's all of them. And I think success leaves clues. And that's why you're seeing such important uh, improvements in your health. And I'm sure you would say like, it's not, it's not like, okay, I fixed it and that's it. That's all. Yeah. Now it's a verb, right? I mean, speak maybe a little bit of that, like how, now it's like you always just got to know yourself and where you are finger on the pulse and make sure that you're keeping an eye on the dashboard right yeah and and that's why you know meeting regularly with you or a practitioner is really helpful um ongoing tests you know goals keeping those in mind um i think it's good at some point maybe i would have uh, you know <laughs> the better you feel maybe the more regular you get but if you get if i get out of that rhythm or something happens i definitely want to up my game again so um yeah i would say keeping healthy is a lot of things a lot of good disciplines you know whether it's eating a certain way or or like you were saying about the um the breathing the news your hot your hobbies the stress in your world all that goes into it um yeah, it's, it's tough to have all of the things clicking at the same time, but you got to work towards that. Yeah, and you got to know, like you have tools in your toolkit. Even I will, I mean, I've suffered with my own exhaustion and fatigue and I have iron issues. And if I'm not careful with, if I'm eating too much protein and too much iron-based foods, if I'm watching too much news, if I'm staying up too late, even I'll have my crashes. And then sometimes we forget 
we see that next shiny object and we want to employ that and we forget the basics and what we need to do to get to where we got to and we forgot to we took it for granted and we're human and but as long as now you have a skill set of tools and when to use them and when not to use them i think that's really what what the the teaching of healthcare should be in terms of know your body know your stressors know your weak links and constantly tweak it so that you're walking that fine line and you're in that goldilocks zone of not too little not too much and that's really what takes the time to figure out but i, I think you've done a great job with that yeah yeah well thank so, you yeah yeah no, a big part of that no, that's, I mean, listen, I always tell people I'm just like, it, it, it's me being a soundboard for you so that you can kind of hear yourself think and answer your own questions. Um, there was a movie that was one of my favorite movies out there. It's called Mumford. I don't know if you ever saw it, but um, this guy was a psychologist, but he really wasn't a psychologist. He was a fraud and they found him on like uh, FBI's, like not most wanted, but they was like one of those guys. And he was such an amazing psychologist, even though he didn't have training. And the reason why he was is because he just kind of let, let the person talk and hear <laughs> themselves, you know, and it was a, it was a good movie. So um, any last words? Like, I know if someone's skeptical of, you know, making that next decision of working, not just with me, but a, a practitioner in general, um, any, any words that you would help get them over the hump if they didn't feel they could get better or they tried everything and nothing works or it's too much money or all of the above excuses, what, what would you say to them? You know, you do have to, you do have to eventually, you know, kind of face the music. Like it could get worse, you know, like sometimes the biggest motivation is that, you know, like not doing something is a penalty. You do, you do suffer. Like I, I could feel that sort of the, the time was winding shorter, you know, like I was doing worse and I had that feeling of like, if I don't change, I could, I would say die early, but I think that's really what it was coming down to. And so I would say it's the carrot or the stick, you know, and to me, sometimes the stick is a pretty good motivation, you know, like I got to do something, you know? Um, and at some point I had to take a chance with somebody, you know, I can't just, not do something and um you know there's not a on on the internet world it's fun you can you can do a lot of pre-interviewing of people <laughs> by watching videos you know or if you know somebody you can't do that so much in the in the real world with i would say the real world but your locals you know with chiropractors and you know functional diagnostic people you, you hear word of mouth but it's tough but i would say you know don't wait too long you know, do something before it's too late. Yeah, no decision is still a decision. I agree with you 100%. And um, I think also too, like, just take that first step, uh, you know, all these analogies, like you eat a bite, uh, an elephant one bite at a time, or, you, you know, like make that first step, because ultimately, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I think that that rings true with you in terms of you had seen people that took you only so far and you didn't make the decision of this isn't going to work for me or life's not fair or nothing ever, you know, works in my favor and whatever decision to not make a decision is, you knew like, okay, like I have five kids and I have a lot of second half of my life to live here and it's worth it. So I, I think there's a lot of success in my healthy recovery clients is 
those are the consistent things that I see. And that's the glue. That's not, you're not going to find that in, in the supplement bottle, right? I mean, <laughs> which supplement bottle do you have that gives you that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, none. There are none. So that's good. Yeah, no, listen, I appreciate your time. Um, I, again, it truly is um, rewarding for, for me as a provider to have someone have these impacts of their life because the quality of life, there's, I mean, there really is no value you can place on that, even though you can place on how much it costs to not be healthy. You can't really put a value on, like, what's the return of investment on you having to work into your 80s and to be able to have a full day and to be able to know like your daughter wants to continue to ride her bike with you and stuff. I mean, there's just no, there's no value on that. So yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Gus. I appreciate your time. And hopefully this encourages whoever's listening to take that next step for themselves. And again, not with me, with someone so that you can get your health back. But I appreciate the time that you gave us today. Thanks for tuning into today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested to see if you're a good fit to work with our Adrenal Awakening program, here's what to do next. Head to adrenalfatiguesociety.com forward slash apply and book an appointment to speak to our team. Here's how it works. We'll get on the phone for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, where exactly do you want to be with your health and where are you now? Number two, what are the genetic components that haven't been discovered that are impacting your health? And number three, what are the environmental triggers that may be overlapping with these genetic components keeping you from getting optimal health? Remember, getting your energy back just won't happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make that happen. We've helped clients all over the world transform their lives, quadruple their energy, and fix their metabolism and make the world a better place. To see if you can do the same thing, head to adrenalfatiguesociety.com forward slash apply. I'm Dr. Richard Joel Rosen, and we'll talk to you soon.